0: Brent, Uh, if I haven't met you, I'm the pastor here at Outlook and the honorary stop-go man out on the road. I tell you what, that was the best job I've ever had. Like, I'm an introvert, I am socially awkward, that was the best job, just being busy. Anyway, I'm just reflecting back. Um, Look, we're so blessed to have you join us uh, for the night before Christmas. Uh... Our, our practice at Outlook has been not to do a Christmas Day service, but instead to do this Christmas Eve celebration. Uh, and how, how great has it been? What a fantastic celebration. Um, we'll, have a, we'll, we'll, we'll have a round of applause in a minute, but I just wanted to say thanks... Thanks so much to the team who've organised uh, this. There's a whole bunch of them. Laura Andrews, who is our events coordinator. Liam Carells, our creative director. Phoebe White, our Kids Time uh, coordinator. Jane Van Murick, the general doer of things. That's my wife. Uh, What a team. Uh, And also thanks to those who volunteered their time, cooking the barbecue, making the coffee, uh, setting up, organising, all of that stuff. We've just been so blessed by all of it. So let's have a round of applause for all those who have worked so hard. Hey, I've been given um, a few minutes to talk about uh, our kind of focus, our topic for this year, which is arrival. You know, even if, if you aren't a Christian, I think, there's a sense where Christmas, the, the arrival of Christmas has this, this excitement about it, this kind of sense of expectation about it. Even before I was a Christian, I thought the night before Christmas was super exciting. And one thing that we learn throughout the Bible is that there's this sense of expectation, of excitement about Jesus' arrival as well. And it wasn't just the night before. It wasn't just the week before. It wasn't just the month before. In fact, people anticipated the arrival of Jesus for thousands of years before it happened. Jesus' arrival represents the arrival not just of a baby, but of a king and of a kingdom... That will never end we're going to read some verses in the bible together we're reading from the book of luke in chapter 1 verses 28 to 33 and i'm going to be reading from the nlt or the new living translation which is a very readable version of the bible uh, and in fact we have some copies of this particular version of the bible at the back uh, at our connection point point. and so if you don't have a bible if you want one grab one there for free we're not going to charge you for that you can take that home with you Uh, So we're in Luke 1, 28 to 33. It'll be on the screen as well for us. It says, "'Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, "'Greetings, favoured woman. "'The Lord is with you.' "'Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think "'what the angel could mean. "'Don't be afraid, Mary,' the angel told her, "'for you have found favour with God. "'You will conceive and give birth to a son "'and you will name him Jesus.' He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And so obviously in these verses, we're jumping into right in the middle of a story. Uh, And so it's probably helpful to give some context. Uh, We've got uh, Mary here who's the mother of Jesus. And she's married to Joseph, who is a descendant of David. Now, David is somebody we read about in the Old Testament. We're going to talk about him in a minute. That's important uh, that David gets the mention. And this angel, angel Gabriel, he rocks up and he says, Mary, greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. And the the basic idea here is like this, this angel's rocked up and so he wants to calm Mary down. He wants to affirm Mary. He wants to say, God is with you, you know. Um, God is doing something amazing in you. Don't be afraid. You are blessed. And so that's his, his intention. But as I was reading this, and as I was thinking about this verse, uh, it struck me that when the angel says, the Lord is with you, that is concretely true for Mary. Because we know that uh, it's pronounced for us here in verse 32 when it says, he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. This means that Jesus, this baby to be born, is none other than God made flesh. Jesus is God, the Son of the Most High who came to earth. And so the baby in Mary's womb is God with her. It's incredible to think about. But then Gabriel continues, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Now, There's a ton of history, like that statement. There's a ton of history in why that statement is meaningful and we don't have time to go through it tonight or I'll get yelled at. Uh, But basically, the throne of David is is a key concept uh, for the Jewish people of Jesus' day. And as I said earlier, David is a king uh, in the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Christian Bible. And God made a promise to David in a book called 2 Samuel in chapter 7. It tells us that he, God, will make a house for David, a dynasty of kings. And then further on, God promises that David's house and kingdom will continue for all time and David's throne will be secure forever. And so the fact that Joseph is of the line of David is important. That matters because Jesus, God-made man, would not only be God but a king. He would be the king in the line of David, the fulfillment of God's promises in the Old Testament, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The arrival of Jesus was no kind of one-off mere kind of event. It was, it was the birth of a king in the line of David who would reign forever. And that's what we're told in verse 33 of Luke 1, in fact. It says, And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And so Jesus' birth marks the birth of a king, but it also marks the birth of a kingdom that will never end. Jesus' arrival marks the beginning of a whole new era of human history, the beginning of an everlasting kingdom. Now, all of that uh, might sound a bit out there, like, if you're not a Christian, and you're hearing this, you're probably like, it's pretty wild, man. Uh, that's a lot to claim. It kind of sounds like a fairy tale, right? But the reality is that the, the, the Bible didn't get the idea from the fairy tales. The fairy tales got the idea from the Bible. You see, the Bible promises that this everlasting kingdom will come. And our hearts, I think, as human beings, in some deep sense, resonates with this. We want this kind of stability. We want, like, we make fairy tales, these happily ever after, because that's what we want. We want to be happy. We want to be content. We want to be safe in in an abiding way. But the trouble is that we can't achieve this on our own. It doesn't matter how many fairy tales we write or watch doesn't matter how hard we long for it we can't achieve abiding happiness joy contentment by our own efforts because we were never meant to achieve it by our own efforts the crux of the christian story which we call the gospel is that god are uh, created human beings but we have rebelled against god and chosen to live life our own way like we We try and fill this deep longing within us uh, by our own efforts, but we fail. All of us fail to do that, and in the process, we fail to live up to the expectation that God has for us. The Bible tells us that all people have sinned. We've all rejected God, that means. We've rejected God as our Creator uh, and our Ruler, and so we've tried to live our lives free from Him, but it doesn't work. In fact, it causes heaps of damage, not just to us, but to our relationships. It causes damage not just to us, but to the people around us, and indeed, to the world around us. This world, this feels self-evident at this point, but this world is hurting and broken. But that's not the way that God made it. It's the way that we, people, have made it, through our own actions. The world is broken because we are broken. We have rejected God and so we suffer the consequences of that choice to reject God. But God, we find, loved us so much, loves us so much, that He doesn't just leave us to suffer in uh, these consequences. Instead, He came to earth Himself as Jesus, whose arrival we celebrate at Christmas time. Jesus, God Himself came to reign as the king in the line of David and to begin a kingdom that would have no end, what we call the kingdom of God. And all we have to do is accept Jesus as king and uh, accept that Jesus is God and king. We need to accept that God is worthy of our submission as our creator and as our king. And then when we do that, We are heralded into the kingdom of God, which means that we begin to live our lives not as rebels against God, but actually as friends of God. We join the work that God is doing uh, in the world around us, work which will culminate in what's called the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, It's described for us in another book of the Bible called Revelation. It tells us in chapter 21, uh, which I've called 22 there for some reason, anyway... Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people God himself will be with them. He will wipe away... These are beautiful verses. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. And so, you see, the arrival of Jesus the king marks the beginning of this kingdom that never ends. The kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem... And so we can experience glimpses of this kingdom now and we anticipate its full arrival at the end of time. Folks, Jesus' arrival changes everything for us if we accept the gospel, the message of the good news of this king and this kingdom that will never end. And so this Christmas, where are you at? Are you feeling fearful, tearful, in pain, lost, dissatisfied, in the arrival of Jesus, all of that changes. He simply asked you to accept the truth of his message, to accept him as Lord and Saviour. God made man who was born, lived, died and rose again in our place as our substitute so that we could be made right with God once more. Do you know that truth this Christmas? If not, you can You just have to say yes to Jesus this Christmas season. This Christmas, you can accept Jesus and accept that his arrival as king of this everlasting kingdom changes things for you for the better. And if you want to talk to anybody about any of this, about Jesus, about faith, uh, we would love to do that. I was going to put our email up here, but I forgot to do that when I was getting the, the chapter wrong there. Uh, but feel free to jump on our website uh, and you can contact us through the website or otherwise grab a Bible off the back table uh, and alongside the Bibles, you'll see these little cards called Discovering Jesus Cards. And these cards will lead you through some readings of the Bible that will help you get to know Jesus, help you get to know the everlasting King who arrived to save us that first Christmas day. So God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, And can I pray? Let's pray together. Uh, If you're here today, you're not a believer, that's okay. Maybe, in fact, it's fantastic to have you along. Maybe just bow your head in honour of the moment. But let's pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that uh, this Christmas, each Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, God. But sometimes we can pay lip service to that. I reflect on how we sing it in the park, we talk about it. uh, But we just kind of, it's peripheral. And yet, Lord, your arrival meant everything. Your arrival meant that... Uh, not only were we getting a king, but a kingdom that would never end. God, the deep longing of each human heart, I believe, is to find this stability, to find this, uh, this truth in you, and yet we look for it in so many other places, God. I pray this Christmas that you would bring each of us back to you. Those of us who are followers of Christ, might we be reminded afresh that Jesus is the answer that we seek, And if we don't know you, Lord, I pray by your Spirit you would be moving in hearts and minds to reveal yourself. God, you have created us to be in relationship with you and I pray that we would have an experience of that relationship this Christmas. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all that you've done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ who lived, died and rose again so that we could come to know you in a personal way again. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.